This is Jonathan Hickman, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Home base. That's what that is. That's just like hearing the doorbell ring. Like next, next he'll be singing Phil Collins. Yeah. Then that's when would, we know yeah, we yeah, really yeah, got to get get the F out. No jacket required last weekend. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I really was. I'm not kidding. It was so hot, dude. I was sitting there doing football projections, <laughs> fucking drinking a nice glass of wine in freaking Franken Sioux Studio. Fucking, oh, it was great. I can meet you halfway with Phil Collins on the, on the Genesis stuff because that work is fantastic. His solo work, it's just, I don't know. Listen, I love yeah. you, like I love you people on Earth, but sometimes you're just totally wrong. It could be. Not in this instance, but th- no, there are it, times. It, in this instance, you're quite mistaken, but it's okay. I still love you. How about, how about Abacab? You like Abacab? Dude, I love everything that Phil Collins has ever been a part of. It's so ridiculous. It's totally not ridiculous. It makes all the sense in the world. I'm looking for it. Hater's got a fucking hate around here. No, I'm not hating. You love what you love. Hateration. That's all I gotta say. That's all you gotta say. This this beer's terrible. It's terrible. But it, it's a good thing that I have a, a nice spread of beer. Hey, you have a nice spread, all right. Spread, yeah, I like your spread. Oh, we're going to go there so early in the show. You started off with <sighs> scat. I know, scatological humor is pretty much, can't go any lower than that. Skiggity scat. Vince is back. Yep. Guess who's back? Back again. Vince is back. Shitting bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, all right, I'm, I'm pulling back. Hey, everybody, it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 418. And I'm Vince Eat B. Eat it 100. You are Vince B. I am not Becky with the good hair. I am David A. Price. Oh, I'm drinking me some lemonade up in here, but I am neither Beyonce, nor Becky with the good hair, nor Hove, nor any of those trifling bitches. <laughs> Because I'm not even from this fucking universe. I am, get ready for it, Vince, Biotron. Ooh. Not, oh, did you read it? No. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk then. <laughs> no. You, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. Uh, no, you're not Biotron. You are. Jason Wood, everybody in the, his house. And you don't have to be from the microverse to get cheap comics and paraphernalia. All you gotta do is stop at one place. It's very simple. DCBService.com. DCBService.com. Where you and everyone you've ever met and know and will know can get your comics dirt cheap. Now, it's, um, it's previews time. And I don't know if y'all saw the image previews, but it came out today. I have not seen it yet. I will see it it's, in two days. It's ballsy. 
um, the the previews is out. So the limbo is back. We don't know what is going to be on Super Special at DCBService.com this month. But rest assured, there will be many discounts, and they will be super deep. They will so you be should, Wumba. Yes, you would do best to, to at least check them out. If you're not a subscriber, shame on you. You're paying too much for your damn comics. DCBService.com. Get there. Get there or be square. It was nice and fast this week. I love it. I got nothing to talk about. Loves it. Yeah. Gotta love what that. Like? What else do you love? I love all of it. <laughs> that was a segue. I was, it set, was a segue. I, I set up, I set it up. He looked at it. He goes, oh, hell no. And he walked away. That's what it was. We got to take a moment. We got to take a long moment. Why? Don't ask why. Who'd we lose? Oh man, it's a big Dude. one. Oh, I didn't want. I didn't want to talk about it. No, I don't. I can't. China. Man. I. I, I, mean, China I can't. Itself. I can't conceive. No, I, I can't. Joni Lauer, dude, it's, rest in peace. It still. Jackass. <laughs> He's so stupid. Ninth wonder of the world. See, now that's that's not right. <sighs> rest in peace, She Hulk. That ain't right. No, it's not. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to actually see the intro outro music for this. Uh, going in. Nice. Not, not going I was out. actually going to beg you for it because I, I rarely ask you to I, do a certain I know. And I. You don't have to beg me for Prince. Nice. Yeah, rest in peace, Prince, man. You know, we were fast friends early on. We stayed very close during the, the, the 90s. But somewhere along the line, he lost me. Oh, same here. I, I yeah. haven't heard his new stuff. I mean, I'm not familiar at all with the stuff he's done in the last decade or so, but. But I like psychology, but that was, I think, the last newest thing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not dumping on the, the, the later stage, stages of his career, but he didn't always click with right. me. But the, the last couple did, and um, I, I like everyone when you hear things like this, and and you take a moment to reflect. Dude was a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Huge, huge part of my life at one time. And, um, it's, it's odd not knowing he's there because you always took it for granted. Yeah. yeah. You know, Prince will make some great music and then he'll make some that don't, doesn't click, but then he'll make some more great stuff and he'll, he was always there. And now it's just like, I don't know. So young too. 57. And this one hurt. This one hurts. Yeah, it really does. It's, it's, uh, it's you know it seems like people uh, uh people pass away you know every, pretty much every day right it seems like we could always talk about somebody and yeah and uh it's it sucks it's part of life but uh well, this year has been fucking rough yeah, yeah yeah if you were playing the odds and that that ridiculous death pool that people uh participate in who's going to pick prince no one no one would pick prince you know young apparently Maybe not, but uh, to 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 the naked eye, healthy. Yeah. Well, didn't they say OD though? Isn't that the word? That's one word. Yeah, that is one rumor that because uh, now you got the conspiracy theorists coming out with the everything the everything going to his label, uh, the insurance policy. He's got no heirs. He's got no children. So wow. it's it's uh, you know. But all of a sudden, he you have all these people who are supposed to be looking out for him and watching him, but now all of a sudden, he was left alone. And this happens, and you know, I don't, I, I don't want it to be some, 
dark cloud over his passing, but it, it, what I saw today, yeah, there was, there was the talk of it being a, um, an overdose. He got Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we separate from this topic, favorite Prince album? Uh, man. Uh, it ain't hard. Well, I don't know. I disagree. Uh, what's, what's yours, Vince? Around the world in a day. That's what I thought you say. Yep. Love that uh, album. Uh, I don't know if I could just say that this definitively. Um, Sign of the Times, number two. <laughs> um, all right. Hmm. Are you Googling Prince to see what the albums are? No. I'm actually looking at football projections right now. Of course. What's your favorite Prince album? 49ers. Oh, shit. All right, we can. David, what's yours? Since um, he's not you know what? I I did see Purple Rain in the theater when it was released, and I I love the shit out of that cassette. I I warped that to no end. Um, but I think it's <sighs> real talk. Purple Rain's a horrible movie. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we have fond memories of it, and yeah, and the music is fantastic. As a as a film, it's horrible. It's a bad movie. But I like bad movies. You do. Right? You do. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I want to say 1999. I want to say, um, you're cheating. I know. I know. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's probably controversy. And then, ooh, really? But then there are some things where it's, it's, um, labels. It's not Batman the album, but it, it's also, no. You know, like, I, I really, really, and it's not one of his best pieces, but I really, really love the song, Diamonds and Pearls. Oh, I think yeah, Diamonds I was gonna and Pearls. I, I, I think I'd have to be consensus and say Purple Rain, but Diamonds and Pearls are probably my second. I cranked the shit out of that album yes. back in the day. I have- That's the one with Kirstie Alley on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kirstie Alley's on that. But I, I mean that that, that track yes. alone. I mean the, the the CD. I I I played the CD a lot, but just th- that song. I mean, get off, dude. Ended up. Get I know, but it's 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 um, yeah. Get off was 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 a really good song on that album too. But it's for for a long, long, long time. Diamonds and Pearls was on every playlist, no matter what the hell. Yeah, I, I think I got. Yeah, I, I think I gotta go with that. Cream is on yeah. that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's some good shit there. Oh yeah. You know what they say? So Twenty three positions in a one night stand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I, I I know the stuff. For once, I know the that's stuff you're talking about. That's amazing. Nice. Yeah, that shows you the power. He made an Italian, a Sicilian. It's true. Let me call you after if you say I can. That's right. <laughs> Rest in peace. All right. Rest in. The what are you pizzle. drinking? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking lime seltzer. God, David, what are you drinking? Uh, you know what? This is, this might go long, so you go next, Vince. All right, I got one Sam Adams, I got two Yingling, and I got one Dogfish Head ninety minute Imperial IPA. Not necessarily in that order. I think the Dogfish Head's going to get polished off first because it's the best one, of course, easily. easily. 
Yeah. Easily. I, uh, we walked into the liquor store the other night and I saw this limited edition display, uh, from Robert Mondavi, which is not a brand, not a vineyard I usually go for. But what caught my eye, aside from the snazzy and embossed label, is that, um, this is a Cabernet Sauvignon, oh. but it is aged in bourbon barrels. And this has a nice little sharp bite to it. It's, it, I'm not saying it's hard in your mouth, but it is rather freaking tasty. So if you, it, it is, like I said, it's a limited edition. I don't know how long they're going to have it out there, but it's, um, it's, I think it's worth it. It's, um, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I kind of treated myself with this, but yeah, you got your flavors of black cherry and blackberry. And, and then the next step is to, uh, get the blend from the bourbon whiskey barrels for at least three months, adding nuances of vanilla, brown sugar and toasty oak. But yeah, get this. I, I really, really like it. See, you fall for the toasty oak when I fall for the oaky doke. You do like the oaky doke. Mm hmm. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. It's too much, too old. Yes. All right, comics, let's do this, because that's why we're here. Man, we read all the comics this week. You did? What'd you read? All of them. Every single comic, I read them all. No, I don't think you read every single one. Except for Micronauts. Okay. Didn't read that one. Didn't read that one yet, either. All right, we're going to tag team Jack again. Start us off. Uh, Dap and I read the first two issues... By Marvel Comics, by Mr. Mark Wade and Mr. Chris Somney, fresh off their multi-year successful run on Daredevil, they left said Daredevil to take a stab at a different character, some would say also a street hero, if you will, and that is none other than the Black Widow. Yes. It was that first issue... It was it was fast paced. As soon as I finished it, I had to reread it because even though the the story, the first issue, is incredibly fast paced, it it's just mm-hmm. it's one long action scene. Yeah, straight up action movie. It is fantastic, but you so you're because of the way it's drawn, because of the story, you're you're kind of forced to move along with 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 the action and 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 flip the pages as as they're ending, but because Somni is putting so much into each panel and it's, you have to kind of just soak it in. So even though you might want to take your time and read it because Somni's drawing it, the story kind of forces you not to do that, but nothing's stopping you from going back and taking your time afterwards. You do have to kind of read it quickly but by no means should you read it quickly and put it down and wait for the second issue. Hmm. I got to say, Black Widow is a very hard sell with me. Yeah, you know, I noticed a lot of my favorite characters are hard sells for you. It's true. Um, it is. She's, she's, to me, Black Widow has been Daredevil's sidekick. You're crazy, that's, dude. No, seriously, that's, I mean, that's where I want to see her. Oh, that's and nuts. it's odd, isn't it, isn't it odd that the team that, Wildest on Daredevil 
is now doing Black Widow. So conceptually, it works for me. Well, it's not. But, it's not I mean, Bendis did the Black Widow after Daredevil as well. Yeah, I I don't know. It's that Marvel Cinematic Black Widow. Fine, Let, you know, make a movie. She, she can have her own movie. I don't really care. That's great. But as far as the comics go, getting me to read Black Widow is is tough. Well, Somni make it very easy, and I'm with David. I mean, sure. I, the first issue is basically Natasha's gone rogue, and it's her escaping the helicarrier, getting in all sorts of shenanigans. And man, I mean, the 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 cinematography is just off the chain. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I mean, let me tell you something. I don't know how you could read this issue and not think she's a total badass. I, I, no matter what, you, what kind of. Uh, view you had of her going in, she earns her rep as, uh, one of the top, you know, field agents, super spies in the world with this first issue. And then it's a little bit of a, uh, sort of a, a, a time shift kind of thing going on because in the second issue, although they don't necessarily tell you this, you pretty much quickly figure out that you're, it's a flashback. It's showing you what led up to her going rogue in the first issue. Yeah. If, if you, I can, I can understand someone reading the first issue and being a little put off, not pissed, but being put off by, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why she's doing this. I'm getting nothing. Like there's no, but it's fine. I mean, it helped, I think, because we read first issue and the second issue almost immediately afterwards. Right. Um, but a, I have faith. In Wade and and you know big ups because this is actually co-written by Wade and Somni. That's it's, true. They, they both get writer credit on this, uh, and it's the whole Daredevil team. He's got he's got Wilson coloring it, yeah. um, and uh, and and Garmania is is the letterer. But it's it's um, you know I have so I have faith in Wade, but these guys have credit in the bank with me. I mean, after Daredevil kicking ass individually, they both. Have credit in the bank for me, whether it's Fantastic Four or Flash, and and with Somni, it's it's everything he's ever done. So it's 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 not like <laughs> every move he's every made, way, man, every breath he's taken. Oh man. my god! But it's it's it is a uh, every step. It's <laughs> I I had no problem getting to the end because first of all, it's if it's a if you're familiar with any spy type story, it, it's all. It's all in the reveal and you're not going to be blown away if you're told everything up front. So it, it makes perfect sense for them to do it this way. Truth. That's how the spy game works. That's the biz. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is there's a villain named the weeping lion. Yeah. And he's masked. And I mean, it is a new character as far as I know, but I'm wondering since he's masked, because it's not like a superhero villain or super villain costume. It's it's like a really like a big terrorist. Yeah. yeah, like terrorist dude with like a mask on. So I'm wondering if there's someone behind the mask that we are that we are familiar with. What do you think? I don't know if well, it very well could be somebody from Natasha's past, probably from someone in in, in an old Daredevil issue that Vince loves that Gene Colan drew. But mm-hmm. it, it could also mm-hmm. um, yeah. he could be wearing the mask because he has faced Natasha before and she fucked up his face, and then we'll probably get you know, maybe a reveal that way. Um, I haven't really, I, I haven't done any digging. I haven't tried to piece any clues together to see if. His code name and and um, you know feeding his pet lion uh, henchmen who are no longer with us. I don't know 
I don't know enough of Widow's history to know what kind of paths she's crossed over the, and all of, of her, her comic book history over the years. So I don't know if Wade would just pull somebody obscure out from somewhere. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, the, he appeared in three panels back in the seventies or if, if it's somebody who, um, who, who has a heavier connection, uh, to shield or, or, uh, what the hell, um, Scorpio, who is uh, Nick Fury's brother? I don't know. It it could just be. It now that you got me thinking about it, it would kind of be a letdown if it was just some dude who, or we're just never going to see his face, so you don't know when he'll be able to attack again. True, so if, true. If it does look like he gets away, but they never found a body. Dun dun dun. So it's. Uh, yeah. I just feel like they're such meticulous storytellers that they wouldn't have home, home, homie in a, in a mask like that if it wasn't like if it wasn't meaningful. Like if he was just some dude, like I don't know why they just wouldn't draw some dude. Yeah. Well, the, if they kept his face in the shadows, then I could see it definitely being some sort of big reveal. But just because he's wearing, because he could also, it's it's like he he could blend in with the re- he is kind of bigger than the rest of his crew, so it's not like he could even really blend in, like. Rachel Gould from, from Batman Begins kind of just blending in with the rest of the League of Assassins, but it's, yeah, no, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the, the second issue definitely had more of a, uh, of a spy feel to it with the whole thing going on at the cemetery and, uh, and getting caught and whispers in the rain. Uh, the first issue was that, you know, Jason Bourne and the Mini Cooper barreling down sidewalks and 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 stairwells and yeah, it just it was. But the first man. issue was also like, man, Tasha, how are you going to do us like that? So then the second issue is a little bit like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, based on everything she's been doing over the past few years, it, it's not like she would just snap, which is, which just kind of shows you the mindset of some of these Shield agents to be so, well, not. I guess maybe they, they they can't trust everybody, but I mean, at the drop of a hat, oh, I knew you were going to turn on us. Oh, I couldn't wait to get my hands on mm-hmm. you, dirty, rotten, commie, pinko, a traitor. And it's like, dude, she had you back for years. Now all of a sudden, like, it's just, it's just, I gave you the benefit of the doubt, but now I heard today that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to, and I'm reading it and I'm like, wow, maybe it's a training exercise, like just, just to see how good everybody at, at, at shield is. But no, no, it definitely isn't a, a training exercise. This is all legit and on the up and up. Yeah, I loved it a lot. I, I gotta say that, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm encouraged by this team because a lot of times you'll get a situation where, you know, a team will start off a new book, maybe let's say a, a B or C list type of book, and then you know that team's only there for maybe the first arc just to kind of draw you in. But I get the sense these guys, cause that's how they do, that they're gonna be on this for, you know, for a while. It's not gonna be just five or six issues and then they're gonna hand it off. So I'm encouraged by that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Cool. So you can, you can read it this week, uh, Vince, and let us know what you thought. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I can get right on that. I have something for both of you. Oh. Is it, the, is it that story about a woman defecating on her boss's desk after winning the lottery? <laughs> no. Because that was going no. around the Facebooks today. I didn't, I didn't see the Facebooks. How today. awesome is that, though? <clears throat> Uh, who wouldn't, right? How much she win? She won on Friday, but she did not, 
she didn't quit. She went back to work on Monday to leave the package for her boss. <laughs> did she, did she win enough? Where... She won a few mil. So I'm hoping that like no one finds her and, or she gets, you know, sued into oblivion and she ends up having. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is, is that dump really worth that much if you're going to get sued? Because, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of lawyers that would like to take that case where, you know, in anger, you left some biohazard on, on my client's desk, and now we're going to get some of those winnings. Um, but anyway, I have a book for both of you, and the, the theme central to this book, it's an anthology, is wrestling. Oh. Not just uh, any old wrestling, vintage wrestling. Old school wrestling. Old school, yes. It is called... Screwjob, number one. And it is published by, um, it was printed in the summer of 2014, uh, from Hidden Fortress Press. Okay. Guess who the first, uh, story is done by. When I say wrestling comics, and I'm talking current darlings of wrestling comics, who do you think did the first story? Uh, Box Brown. Very good, Mr. Price. Very good. You're paying attention. It's a story about Abdullah the Butcher. That's nice. See, that's perfect for his style, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, Dude. Yeah. Okay. No, seriously. And how he, it, it starts off with a close-up of Abdullah's um, forehead, and it shows all the cuts in it. Abdullah Ablongada. And then <laughs> it shows his process. on how he would break the razor blade. He would bend it in the middle to make it small, and then it would, he would snap it off and then tape it to um, his finger, and only the 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 tip of the razor blade would be exposed, right? So then, during the match, he would tap himself on the forehead, uh-huh. cutting himself and making himself bleed. But there's accusations in this very short strip; it's only three pages. Accusations that Abdullah cut an opponent uh-huh. as well as himself, giving the opponent hepatitis, hepatitis C, C. Yeah, because he did it. The itis. Yeah. Yeah, he did it, he did it after he cut himself. He's like, nah, man, I never cut him. But the itis. I never cut him. And then the very last page of this thing, it shows a grainy video clip of Abdullah the Butcher tapping his opponent on the forehead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta say, uh, Mr. Josh Bayer is in here. Of course. I'm not gonna come to the show yeah, the a week without talking. Right. Yeah, the Josh Bayer. Bayer is is deep in Freddie Blassie, Adrian Adonis, and um, uh, Nikolai Molotov. Okay, it's it's kind of con- but it's they're, it's, they're- it's biker dude Adrian Adonis, right? Or is it after WrestleMania no, it- Brutus Beefcake with the flower shop Adrian Adonis? No, it's chubby ass. But it was always chubby. Well, right. never Joe Sixpack, but I mean, he, he ballooned in his later years. Yeah. No, it, it, it looks like early Adrian Adonis. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's, it, it fits with the theme of the book. But, um, so I, so Josh Bayer's stories continue, um, they're, they're like little vignettes into the same corner of the, the WWF as it was. At the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I gotta say, the best story is completely wordless. And, uh, thematically, conceptually, visually, Padlicio wins the 
the the gold medal for this book because he does a story called Shattered Dreams and it's all in bright yellow and black. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of gold dust. Oh, nice. And and gold dust is sitting on a throne all alone like a little chin- tiny kid in the very first page and he wakes up, puts his wig on and he went to sleep in the, the lingerie and the and the, the stockings and everything and he wakes up looks in the mirror and his the 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 black spots on his face they transform like Rorschach from Watchmen like they make different shapes um puts his wig on and his robe and he's just not happy he's just goldust is not happy he goes over to the dresser pulls out a picture of his dad dusty rhodes sheds a single tear and then he starts Popping pills. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Pops prescription drugs. And then the last couple panels, we look at um, Goldust's face. Right. And the, the the makeup is just like all over the place. Just surreal, disjointed, broken, shattered, moving on, like ebb and flow of the makeup. It's crazy. And it's it's all done in, in yellow and black. That's the thing with this, this anthology. Each story has a different highlight co- color. It's all... It's monochromatic. It's there's just one color, but the color changes over the course of the strips. Like Mickey's Achille, my girl, does a a strip called um, Dear Deidre, and it's this lady wrestler named Deidre who wrestles a bear, and uh, you know. But her color, her highlight color is purple, whereas in the bear, his stuff is red. Mm-hmm. Most of it's re- most of it's red. Brian Ralph is in here with a simple two page strip called Folding Chair. Okay. Which, which is the escapades of a folding chair huh. as applied to wrestling. Mm-hmm. The, the, it, it's, it's more, there's not a whole lot of substance to this one. It's more design. Right. Where you see, you see a folding chair in, in every panel and the, the way the, the folding chair is positioned gives him opportunity to, to work with the background and show wrestlers beating the crap out of each other. But it's, it's, it's nice, but I mean, there's, there's not, um, a whole lot other other than the visual approach on which to chew on that. There's a, a strip called Death to Hulkamania <laughs> by Blake Sims. We have uh, Paul Lyons is in here. Like I said, my girl, Mickey Zakili, um, Josh Bayer, and that's pretty much it. This thing is, uh, if you like wrestling, especially Bayer stuff, like it's going to, it's going to press those buttons. There's, um, one fantasy. I believe it's a fantasy. Leo Westvin did it. And it's a, a strip called The Return of Wild Wanda. And it's just complete carnage. This woman wrestler, after many years out of the ring, rides a motorcycle into the ring, into the ring, rides a motorcycle over the ropes, jumps in and just starts biting guys, ripping their ears off. She pulls out one guy's spine. She pulls arms off another guy. It's like, and it's really hyper violent. Like the spine she pulls out, she impales three guys through the face with the spine. Like that's the kind of uber violence we're talking here. And the, uh, the, uh, the highlight color is like a reddish orange on that. But this is a really cool book. It's a quick read, but, um, it's more, it's about 40, 48 pages, maybe. Right. Yeah, about 48 pages. Um, it's, it's more of an art object than, um, like you wouldn't read this for the same reason you, you would read, um, 
uh, uh, big two book. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it's it's more in the 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 visuals are more important here than the. Uh, well, I don't want to say that. Uh, the visuals take precedence over over the the uh, the content, but man, it's it's just the con- the visuals are amazing and the content's cool. If like I said, old old school wrestling fans are going to groove on this. Somebody who's into wrestling now could pick this up and like they you won't even know who half these people are. Maybe Hulk Hogan, right? But Freddie Blassie, that we're talking. That's the sweet spot, right? He was Blassie so con- He was, but calling the 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 audience pigs. Right. You know, all I, all I see out there is pigs. Hey, look out there. There's a, there's a girl out there. She got no teeth. Another, she's wearing a burlap, burlap sack. I think this is the pencil neck geek speech. Isn't it? Doesn't he call them pencil neck geeks? In this, in this? The, the, the well, yeah, but there's gotta be a reason that, that, see, bunch of pencil neck geeks, every one of them. There you go. I bought the record. So. Screw job. Number one, I think it was like eight bucks. Where can we find and it? You can get it. I got it from Josh Bayer. I bought it from him. All right. I bought it from him. Bought it from him. But, but it's from Hidden Fortress Press. I'm sure, uh, you go to Elysio's site or Bayer's site or, you know, they, they all will have it. Uh, Copacetic probably has it. Okay. You can get it many places. That's Copacetic with me. Cause it's good. Sounds cool. Sounds right up our alley. You drinking cans too? Oh, the the fizz comes from the cans. I know. How we do? Uh, Oh, sorry. We got to inject some life into the show this week. Come on. Uh, There could be another tag team. Yeah, damn, Skippy. We got some. uh, Apparently, uh, there was a little bit of a deal worked out, and Mister Robert Kirkman allowed. Yo. Another creative team to work in the Walking Dead universe. And this is from Panel Syndicate. Yes, so sir. you can pay what you think it is worth. It is the Walking Dead, the alien. And I'm thinking the cover or the, or the title. I'm like, all right, well, I don't quite know what to expect with this, but pretty much early on, as soon as you Start reading the, the, the widescreen double page spread, uh, you get the whole alien, uh, gimmick, if you want to call it that. It, it's, it's a person whose, uh, his name is Jeff, right? He, uh, he is basically, where's he? Barcelona. So he is, Spain. so, uh, so he's the alien. He's, he's, he's the person in, in, in another land. Uh, this, this story takes place, uh, very shortly after the virus has taken hold. The, the, the infection has started. The people have started to return. So it's, it's very early in the walking dead, um, history timeline. It's, it's, it's origins. Uh, but you do not ever see anybody from the story that Kirkman and Tony Moore started. It, it is its own. It is, it, it's a really good standalone story. If you do, I don't think anybody would read this and who's never read Walking Dead. I probably would. If I wasn't currently reading it, I probably still would check it out just to see what the hell they're doing with it. Uh, I, you, you get more out of it 
if you have been reading the walk or were reading the walking dead way back when it started. But, uh, I, I really liked it. And, and the part that I really, really liked was towards the end of the issue when Jeff asks his newfound friend to get a message to someone. And I'm yes, not, sir. I don't know if, I don't know if Jason wants to go ahead and say it, but it's, it's, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but it, that's the part that as, as beautiful as the book was and as, as, um, as fast paced as it read, that was the part where I actually slowed down and, and, and took a second. Now that was the pretty book gut punch. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, is that for, 90% of the issue, uh, you know, you've, you're essentially, or at least I was finding myself saying, uh, I mean, this is cool, but like, were it not for the thing being called the walking dead, I don't know why it's like, it could be, I mean, Kirkman didn't invent the zombie trope. So I was right. reading it thinking, ah, okay. I mean, but this is a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a, uh, a MacGuffin because like, Again, it's a cool zombie little story one-off, but it's it could be anywhere. That like nothing about it really made it part of Kirkman's world until, as you said, the end. And again, this is a little touch. It doesn't really change the story. I mean, it's a very small part of the story, right? But it's that hook, that that aha moment. We're like, ah, so it is part of that world. Okay, yeah. cool. And um, I would expect nothing less of Vaughn. He stuck the landing. That's true. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, it was dope. I mean, it was just neat to see. I've long, I've long thought that, Kirk, not that Kirkman needs business advice from me, but I've long thought that he was leaving money on the table by not letting other creators do tales of The Walking Dead, where they don't mess with his characters, they don't mess with his setting, but they tell other stories. And um, you know, war, I, I often think I think of it because of like the way World War Z was, um, or uh, you know, even things like David Peterson has those, has different people do stories oh. in his, in his world. Just, it's, it's, you know, it was, it's been done by the creators where they just let people have a little fun in their universe. Fables has done that. And so I like that idea. I think it can be fun because it can be one or two issue stories and, and you can get different experiences, different scenarios that we're never likely to see in the main story at this point. Um, so I, I guess I'm going to have to assume this is the one and only time this is ever going to happen because there aren't that many writers of BKV's clout and it was a trade-off to break their promise to never uh, print panel syndicate stuff. That was the trade-off. So um, if this is the only non-Kirkman thing we ever get from The Walking Dead, it was uh, it was quite a nice, enjoyable little 20-minute aside. I dug it. Uh, yeah, same here. I... Um... I would, yeah, no, I, I would tell, and I, no matter how you feel about, um, about the promise and, and whether or not that the, the private eye actually came to print, I think this, like I said, if you, if you have been enjoying, um, The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. then, uh, then, and I think this, this fits in nicely. And again, it's not something that, it's, it's nothing from the Negan era or, or even, you know, back, back when the governor was around. This is, this is happening 
hell, I'd say this is happening, well, between maybe the third page of the first issue. Yeah, exactly. And then like the rest of, of, of the, 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 it really is. It's, it's a slice of time. It's, 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 and it's, it's over the course of one night. It hap- we, we, we see something happen during the day. Um, Jeff is going to try to help somebody. Uh, but because of the, the walkers, the roamers, the zombies are getting, uh, they, they outnumber Jeff. So someone rescues Jeff and only because Jeff has something that this, this person needs, this woman who is, um, is pretty much armored up because she works in a museum. She's a curator. Yeah, she was so a she assistant curator. Yeah. Um, but Jeff has a flashlight and she doesn't have one. So in order for them to get out, uh, of the city, they need to get into the sewers because the dead are not walking down there. Uh, and of course it's dark and they can't make a lot of noise. So it's, um, once, once the flashlight comes into play and they're able to get to a boat, uh, things start to ramp up a little bit at that point. But again, this, this happens pretty much at the beginning of the whole thing. Uh, so I think it, it, it's, I kind of don't want it. I don't know if I, like, like, like you said, Jason, he, he could have other, other very talented people, uh, write stories, draw stories. And, 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 and Martin's art looks fantastic in just stark black and white. It, it's, it, it, it so it, it even, if it's that same walking dead look where it's just black and white, no, no color added. So it doesn't stand out like it's a different type of walking dead story, but the, uh, the, it, it almost feels like this is just, this is a footnote. It's, it's, it's the answer to a trivia question where if anybody ever did any, if Kirkman ever, if there are any non-Kirkman Walking Dead stories out there. And, and it, it, right now I think it's a pretty neat club of, of, uh, however many people purchased, downloaded the issue. Uh, but since not everybody either was aware of it, is aware of it, or has read it, um, it's, it's neat that there's another Walking Dead story out there that maybe not everybody is aware of just yet. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, and it took a long time. I mean, he even says it. It was, I mean, it's, it took a lot longer to come out than it was supposed to. But it was, it was, since it's a standalone, I didn't really care. It was almost by surprise, I'd almost forgotten it was happening, so. That is true. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Man, we're getting Why so did- good at talking about stuff Vince doesn't want to talk about. It's true. And, and why did, did this creative team do this book? Because of the private eye? Yeah, because private eye, as you remember, they made it, they swore at the beginning of private eye that n- under no circumstances would they ever print it because it was, the whole point was to let it be a, a true digital experience. Right. And then they printed it. So their penance was to do an issue of no, Walking no, Dead. No, 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 that was the deal. The deal was. Right. Kirkman basically right. said to the panel syndicate guys, he's like, let image, let skybound. We want to publish. We want to print the private eye. And Vaughn and Martin were like, Martin were like, dude, we said, we told people we're never going to print this. This is digital only. You can buy it from our website. The only way, cause he said it jokingly. It was like, he, cause he never yeah. thought Kirkman would bite. He goes, the only way we will let image print this is if you let us tell a walking dead story set in the walking dead universe yeah. and kick Kirkman. Kirkman was like, fine, boom, done, sold. So, true to their word, 
I don't think it's much of a risk to let Brian K. Vaughn well, and right, Marcos Martin. But when you consider yeah. how many years The Walking Dead has been going on, and that only Kirkman has done anything comic-wise with the property, and and is so, he's it's yes, Tony Moore was there for the first six issues. Yes, Adlard has drawn over 130 issues. It's it's. It's Kirkman's thing. It's his baby. And, and for, for someone, anybody else, for thinking that, you know, yeah, he's never going to let me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, granted, it's Brian K. Vaughn. Dude, dude brought Saga to Image and, and, and it's X The man has written a bunch of things that people absolutely adore. So, you know, it's, I don't think he was. Big Dick Swing, and he honestly thought that Kirkman is not going to. This is the one thing I can throw on the table that, so, so this way I look good because I told people we're not going to print it. Kirkman's not going to bite. No blood, no foul, and everybody goes away to their separate corners, but Kirkman was like, fuck it. I will, you got it. I will let you write a Walking Dead story. Image will publish this, and Almost everybody's happy. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> well, it sounds cool. It is cool. It, it, it it's a neat story. Not as cool nice. as the Micronauts comic, though. <laughs> Don't be that guy. You're gonna be that guy. Oh, it's good. just just let it be as in your travels, and this way we can read it for next week. <laughs> Respect. Mm. I was in the shop today and perusing stuff. Mm -hmm. Did the uh, showcase and the essentials both go on hiatus? Kind of peter out. I think they've been for a while. Yeah, that's sad. That was never a purchaser of those, so I don't know for sure. Really? Oh no! No, no, never, never fan of them. I I, I did like I didn't. I I like my comics. If my comics were meant to be in color, I want them in color. Well, it's why people could also say, you know, your comics are meant, your comics are meant to be printed on paper, and we read a shit ton digitally. What about the artist editions? Oh, them? see, that's you know, they're not they're that's not in different. color. That's different. That different. But well, I will say well, that is different because <laughs> I'm buying the artist editions nice job, David. to see real art, like that, as if it's like OA. The essentials mm. are smooshed up, like. The essentials were created to for cheap consumption. That's what they were created. Sure. Uh, yes, indeed, they were. Yeah, it's not my speed. It's um, still the same. But no, I gotta speed. say, on the on the production side, the showcase are much more upscale than the essentials. They the Marvel seems to be very uh, willing to scan a page straight from the uh, original periodical mm-hmm. and, and not go straight to the boards because let's be honest in most cases the boards for these things are not available mm-hmm. i i saw a marvel essential today that absolutely horrified me what was it it was an it was a rampaging hulk oh but that's okay it, now all right yeah i know the originals were in in wash and, and but they were magazine and, and, size weren't they yes there's that too but um they were washed they were dark to begin with uh they were magazine size Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rampaging Hulk eventually, David, remember, went into color. Yes. And they, so you have, <laughs> so you have all of these 
challenges facing you to translate this into black and white and Marvel failed horribly. It's, it's pretty much the single worst, um, essential I've ever seen. There's, there's a double page spread where you really can't tell what's going on. It looks like an, uh, to bring Rorschach back, back into it, it looks like an inkblot test. It's just that dark. But, um, I bought a copy of Defenders Essential Volume 7 today, which is, I believe, the last volume, David, with, um, toward, well, it is the end of the run, and I got it for five bucks. But I don't know why I'm bringing this up, because the thing I really wanted to talk about is a showcase volume. And it collects, I gotta say, one of my favorite DC series of all time. Mm-hmm. Started in showcase, lasted three issues, and then it spun out into its own book, its own title, where I believe it ran for 18 issues. I'll get very specific on you. 15 issues. Okay. Um, the bulk of these stories were written by the absolute great Bob Koeniger, mm-hmm. and they're illustrated by Russ Heath. Oof. What is the book? No, so now we're talking. Oof. Like. What what is the book? Uh, sea devils. Yeah. Sea sea devils. Yes. Um, it's interesting to note that the popularity of Marvel and the Fantastic Four seem to have taken root over at DC during this time because the Sea Devils are essentially um, an unpowered version of the Fantastic Four. So then DC kind of has. Two versions of the Fantastic Four yes. that are not no, powered. Uh, yeah, but maybe it was subconscious on Bob Kennegan's part, but maybe not because you have you have um, Dane Dorrance. He's the the dashing male lead. Could be Reed, not as old, not as smart, but could be Reed. But you have Judy Walton, who is a dead ringer for Susie. Blonde hair, blue eyes, the curvature, all that stuff. Susie has a brother. Younger, named Nikki, right? Yeah. And then you have Biff Bailey, who's the beefcake. Big strong guy. Urgh, I'm gonna rip this, this clam open and use it as a shield while we're underwater and we're getting spears thrown at us. But, so, I mean, it could have been intentional, maybe, I don't know, who can say? But anyway, <laughs> Russ Heath, it's nice to know that that Jaime Hernandez has some heroes because you could you could see a ton of Jaime in Russ Heath's line work. Mm-hmm. From the way he just shorthands characters in the background to the way he draws um, anatomy and the dashing male lead and females. There is a shit ton of Russ Heath in Jaime Hernandez. But... Right. The, the, the lead in story, which, which appeared in Showcase 27, okay. is one of the weirdest single issues I think I've ever read. The, the timing, the jumps, the, it's one story, but you get four backstories within the one story, not only of the main characters, but people related to the main characters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's strange. Um, Dane Dorrance has, uh, some pretty big shoes to fill. His dad was a diver, um, during World War II and, um, on an expedition 
trying to uh, put the kibosh on a German submarine, the the father tried to save his buddy who got caught in a net, and the the net or the buddy um, sacrificed himself so uh, Dane's father could live, and the ship got the the submarine got blown up. But it's all over a pair of flippers. Like ultimately, Dane has the, they're not big shoes to fill they're big flippers to fill because when 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 um on this uh, on this boat the ship that Dane's father was on the 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 frogmen had this this ultimate prize and the prize was this set of flippers now what made these flippers any anything um unordinary or elevated these flippers on uh, above normal flippers you don't know they're just whenever you would do something extremely brave in the field you would be awarded these flippers and dane's father got the flippers and he still had the flippers at the time uh the story was takes place and dane wants the flippers and he's trying to do something extremely heroic and brave and legendary that he could have his father he has to go back to his father and tell him dad I'm ready for the flippers. Why he just doesn't lie, you know, and go back to dad and say, you know, I've saved somebody, give me the flippers, and like not do anything is beyond me. But so Dane's underwater and, and he's looking for an old treasure ship because that would, would make the old man give him, give him the flippers. If he found an old treasure ship rumored to be down there and, 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 you know, that's pretty brave and, and heroic and legendary and he gets the flippers. But while he's down there, He's attacked by a shark. Uh, but he's saved by a beautiful blonde. That's Judy. So why is Judy in the water? Well, we get that story too. See, this, this is where it gets weird. It, it all happens in one semi-isolated incident, but the, each one has a reason for being in that part of the ocean at that time. Like for Dane, I gotta make dad proud of me. I gotta get them flippers. For Judy, um, she is, uh, she's in Hollywood, right? And, uh, she tries out for a movie, uh, that's gonna be a big water spectacle called Sea Devils, right? So she's at this, this Hollywood mogul's house and she's trying to show off, you know? And he's like, you know, yeah, you, you look great, but I need a big name, sweetheart. So what she does is, is she, she goes into the water, to find a treasure worth notoriety to get her name in the papers to get her noticed by this producer to get her in the movie isn't that weird like i'm gonna go through all this trouble when if i do find a treasure underwater i'm probably not going to need to be in any rinky nick movie i'm probably going to be richer than you know trump so i'll just be in the water i'll just be cut out the middleman but so now nikki judy's brothers with him uh, on the boat and he's just like the gosh golly gee whiz but he can handle himself underwater and then you get biff why is biff under the water why is he uh, seriously why is biff in this uh, location at this time um well biff is clumsy on the surface he's clumsy and his girlfriend is calling him an ox he can't dance he steps on the girl's toes he spills drinks uh, and, but underwater, he's not clumsy. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so he he goes underwater to try and you know um alleviate himself of the the awkwardness he faces on the surface world and he tr- he bring he tries to bring the girl down with him but she ain't having it so he goes underwater and to the sunken ship to bring back a piece of treasure to make the girl go underwater with him to show her that he's not a clumsy ox. Now, the reasons for being underwater don't matter, right? They're all together. And Kaniger telegraphs this thing from the very beginning. Um, Dane is, is thinking about all of the, the wonderful stories that his father told about being in the army and the team in the army and the group. And we were all brothers and we had so much fun and we shared life. And Dane, throughout this whole story, says, man, wouldn't it be nice to have a team to share my memories with and my experiences with? And oh, gosh, golly, by the end of this issue, you do have a team, buddy, because you're the sea devils. And it's not just this mundane under... No, there's nothing mundane about being underwater. You know, I I think... um, it's another frontier, and it's still largely unexplored. But you have giant creatures like a giant octopus, but it gets fantastic in this, too. You have a Russ Heath-drawn Godzilla-type clone that shows up in the first chapter. There are Venusians, and they're from Venus, in case you didn't know. Uh, there, there are emerald whales. There are shrinking rays, and it, it, it gets... Um, more fantastic as the the series progresses. So it's not um, just underwater diving action. I mean, it, it's it's rooted in the DC universe. Like there's some there, I haven't encountered any other heroes per se from DC. But um, what I'm saying is the, the 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 possibilities for the fantastic are very very good in Sea Devils. So you never know what you're going to get. Never. No, and it's all, well, not all of it's drawn by Russ Heath. You know who else is in here? No. You get some Bruno Premiani. Oh, that's, that's Gabriel Hartman's favorite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it, I know it. Um, the Gene, Joe Kubert, Gene Colan, Ross Andrew, and Mike Esposito team up on one story. Alright. Irv Novick is in here. But the, mo- the the bulk of it is drawn by Russ Heath. And that's a very, very good thing. Because in black and white... Now, you've seen... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Showcase and uh, Sea Devils. But there is a very distinctive style that Russ employed on his covers for these books. Mm-hmm. He used... Um, they shot these... Uh, they screened them, the, uh, the color art. And it looks like, it, they're very distinctive when you see the process next to a, a stand, another cover from this period. Um, it looks more, th- the, the, the shading and the, the light and shadow look more three dimensional in this process. Go look them up, Sea Devils covers, um, that Russ Heath did. They're, they're amazing, amazing. And they color very well. So it's just another, um, a more granular approach to uh, contour and shading that they did. It was done with a combination of washes and a stack camera. Um, huh. And it's, it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. But I got this uh, showcase Sea Devils for like cover price is nineteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. right? Which is a freaking deal sure. on its own. I think so. 
but DCB service price was, I believe, 11 bucks. We don't. Seriously. I wish I had a complete collection of showcase. I don't know where I would store them, but it would be nice because, um, value. That's what I'm saying. Legendary art, great stories, and value. Value. There you go. Look at that. Well, uh, last from the past right there. Speaking of Fantastic Four, I, I read something that I, huh. What? No, I, I, uh, I wasn't sure, um, how I was gonna like it. I, I, I read 19 issues of a Fantastic Four series. Okay. Wow. Um, now is that the whole run? That is the entire run. Oh. So you read um, twenty ninety nine? No, no, that's not nineteen Ultimate issues. That's only uh, no, that's no, because yeah, that was I mean issue fifty or something is when. Uh, oh, okay, but I think there was like seven issues of Fantastic Four twenty ninety nine. Six or seven? What did you read? Nineteen issues. Oh, you read the four Marvel Knights. No, no, no. I read the Paul Robinson, Leonard, Kirk, Carl Kessel final volume of the Fantastic Four from a year or two ago. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh. The end. Uh, yes, pretty much. It was. Okay. It was the end. Uh, this, this was, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I, it, I like it's how not. You are. No, well, because, all right, well, considering, how I was feeling the Fantastic Four before Robinson came on. I mean, we had, I, I, I love the Wade stuff. The JMS stuff was okay. Um, Dwayne was on for a hot minute feeling and just, just keeping the seat warm for Miller to come on. And then after Miller, you had Hickman. And so I wasn't, nobody remembers the Bagley stuff that came real late. Did you, do you, well, was it Wade and Bagley? And, and, yeah, I think it was. And, Did anyone read that? But was that at the same time as? The, it was uh, right before the Robinson one. So it was at the same time as the Scott Lang sheet thing yeah. by Allred and whoever. Um, who didn't write yes. that? Wade didn't write that. Parker? No. no. Anyway, I don't know. I would probably say, um, if it was um, illustrated by Allred, wasn't it um, Paul? I don't know. Talk. I'll find out who wrote it. In any case, uh, right. In any case, this, this was um, this. No, I don't want to say that I was surprised. I first of all, it's it's Leonard Kirk. I I like the man's artwork. Um, I didn't know what. To expect going in because I I still haven't finished Hickman's run of Fantastic Four, and I know I know. Um, so I didn't I, I wasn't sure, and, and I know that you know during Hickman's run you also had the FF book with with the Future Foundation and it, you know so it's post Johnny's death and Spider Man's on the team and and you have the whole uh, all all the little kids running around. Future so Foundation. I don't. I don't know what's going on with all of that. So, um, so I figured, fuck it, I'll just, I'll go in first issue, just 
hit the ground running without having the baggage of anything else going on that was going on at the same time in the Marvel Universe, aside from, unfortunately, for the three issues that interrupted the run early on of Original Sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, I mean, you had, you, it's pretty much Robinson and, and Kirk and Kessel or, or, or Jay Leaston for, for pretty much the entire run, except for a couple of issues by our good friend, Mr. Mark Laming. And, uh, and Vince would appreciate this because the annual is illustrated by Tom Grummet and Tom Palmer. Wow. I want it. You do want it because the entire annual is Sue versus Doom. Doom. She probably kicks his ass. She does she kick his Sue. ass. Well, she is Sue plus one because th- this whole, it's. She pregnant? No, no, not, not, not in that case. Not, not in that sense plus one. Uh, there's something else going on inside her head. Any case, it, but. Malice? Yes. Nice. This, this whole. Oh. Back to the malice. I know, because we always go back to the mal- malice. is the, the the phoenix of the Fantastic yeah. Four. Loves it. There, uh, the it's one long, not long, long. It's it's one it's one run. It's not like Paul was writing one arc and then oh, now I'm going to tell a different story with this. It's this was. Uh, I say Paul James was 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 he. Robinson was writing it as, as a whole big thing. What started with the first issue, we get closure with issue 645 when, when, when the series ends and the, uh, cause the last four issues go back to the original renumbering and the, 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 the whole series, the whole story, um, starts off with the Fantastic Four. Saving the day, um, saving Manhattan from Fin Fang Foom. And everybody goes to sleep that night, but something happens in Reed's lab where a, um, a door that is supposed to be locked and sealed becomes unsealed and a dimension, a, a, a bunch of weird looking bug like aliens come through this door and invade the city. And so you have uh the Fantastic Four and the nearby Avengers, they're all coming to to save the day. Now as as things spiral out from there, in order for Reed to um basically put all of these aliens to sleep, he has to set off this bomb in the atmosphere. Johnny's the only one who could get the bomb up there. In doing so Johnny is no longer the Human Torch. Human Torch loses his powers when the bomb goes off. It doesn't kill him, which is what they kind of thought he was going to do. He was going to sacrifice himself for the city. But because he had already died the in the negative zone, the bomb did not affect him that way. It just took his powers. <sighs> now, there are certain writers who I think can write, read smart. Like, like, uh, Kirkman, Miller, the, the, these guys know that they can come up with ideas and, and solutions where when Reed Richards is talking or if Reed Richards is going to do that, it makes sense. These guys have that ability 
to write a very scientific minded Reed Richards. And, and Robinson doesn't have that. And, and not every writer did. Wade was more the adventurer. Byrne, Byrne took them all over the place and he kind of focused on the family part of it. And Reed was just like, you know, kind of the older stick in the mud type dad. And, and so, you know, not everybody, it's okay for, Reed is still Reed no matter who's writing him, but there are just some people who kind of focus on certain aspects in, in Reed's personality. And, and Robinson, took a lot of what um has come before and 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 he was able to uh if you can't dazzle them with brilliance type thing but it it was a he he didn't really go into detail on 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 how Reed would come up with some of his solutions it's like, I got a great idea this will get him into trouble I just don't really quite know how to get myself out of that corner which you started to see towards the end of, of the series. And, um, but leading up to all of this, we find out that it wasn't just those little bug creatures that came through this dimension. We also find out what dimension they came through. And it is the same universe that Franklin thought of for Heroes Reborn. So you have some of the Avengers, like Iron Man and Thor, uh, Vision, from that Heroes Reborn universe. They, they show up in, in later issues. Um, but one person is behind the scenes, pulling all of these strings, putting all this in motion. He's the reason why the seal... Um, by the door became unsealed. He's, he's the reason why, um, he's the reason why Ben Grimm is framed for killing the puppet master. And, um, it, it's there. Strange. There are three different frightful four teams. The wizard is the constant in all of them, but, uh, first time around, it's him with the wrecking crew. So it's, it's the wrecker and the new bulldozer who is the daughter of the original bulldozer and, um, and, and Thunderball. And so that's, that's the first Frightful Four we come across in this series. Uh, during that fight and during the, when, 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 um, when, when the aliens came through the portal and the top three floors of the, the Baxter building, um, were destroyed, children, the Future Foundation were living there. They weren't on the top three floors, but they were living there. So now Child Protective Services shows up because they are, listen, your, your, your children are not safe in this house. Because they could actually do anything to protect those children. So, but again, and, and because of that, um, the Fantastic Four were brought up on charges, were taken to trial very quickly. After this all happened and mm-hmm. she Hulk is their attorney and even she is, is wondering this, this, this lawyer, uh, Tolliver, he's, he, first of all, he brought the case, he brought the suit up very quickly, but he's asking questions that really only people and someone in the know would know to ask. So, so that's another red flag as to who this person is. Um, so now they, they have no home. They have no family. Johnny has no powers. Uh, 
Ben's in prison for, for waiting to, uh, for trial because you can't find a body. For some reason, the puppet master's body's gone. Uh, it's in the box. And, and <laughs> it's in the box, but you, <laughs> you, um, before, oh, and the reason why Ben was so mad that he would kill the puppet master, uh, first of all, puppet master, Alicia's dad. Alicia, and he, he, he basically, he snatched up Alicia because he knew that they were seeing each other again. And so he wanted to squash that. So he kidnapped Alicia and, and so she calls Ben and Ben goes all ape shit. He's, so he's going to go find him. But the reason why, um, he was already in a foul mood is because that's where we get the original sin issues. And it turns out many, many, many years ago, Johnny's flying around the Baxter building, ends up in Reed's lab, sees this funky looking dome shaped, um, contraption. He pushes a button, a door opens, he goes in, he sits down, and obviously the seat is designed for Ben, and he's making jokes, so he gets out of the contraption, in comes Reed and Ben, Reed's like, listen, this is, this is set up for your physiology, this is it, this is, if, I don't know what will cure you, what will bring back Ben Grimm, if this does not work, this will absolutely work, sit down, we'll get it going. Ben becomes all sorts of mutated, but that wears down, that, that wears off, and he ends up just becoming the thing again. So he's like, well, this is bullshit. You know, I know you said you were going to try. It didn't happen. Um, you know, I got to go be by myself. And, and, and Thing walks away. Johnny admits to Reed, I think I might have fucked things up because I I sat in there and, you know, I was kind of just messing around. I didn't think it was any big deal. Reed goes off on Johnny. I'd set it up exactly for Ben. It was like hermetically sealed. The door wasn't supposed to open until he was ready to go inside. You were probably on fire before you went in. So your body temperature. <clears throat> See, that's bullshit. Reed goes off on Johnny and there, and this conversation is what is brought to Ben's attention. So he is ready to beat the shit out of Johnny again. Um, and that's when Johnny realizes how he fucked up all those years ago. And, and, uh, so eventually they smooth things over because Johnny goes to visit Ben in prison. Do, what? So you, t- you take that at face value that Johnny just messed with the chair. That it was, yeah, that everything was, well, that's according to, again, this is what I'm talking about with, with, with Robinson's writing of the whole inventions and, and, and the scientific aspects of, yeah, your brother-in-law is one of the smartest men in the in the multiverse. You would think that early on, he would say, "My experiments, off, off limits, limits, buddy." Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Johnny, being the hothead, okay, there there may be a little leeway in there for Johnny, but it's it sounds like he took great pains just to get to the chair, and at that point, he would probably be like, "You know what? I don't think I should be messing with this." I would like to think that. I mean, this was. This was um. The, what were the, the flashbacks? Did, was there like drawn, candy there? Like, why would he do it? The the flashbacks were drawn by um 
Dean Haspiel. So they were in. Oh, <gasps> nice. So, so they were in the, the, the Kirby Sinnott, John Bushima era, uh, Fantastic Four. So the thin black collar around. The, so, I mean, it was, it's not like it was burn era Johnny where he was a little smarter. It was, no. it was the young hothead idiot. Just, you know, listen, this is, I gotta be me. Um, but <laughs> that, uh, the FF series that we were thinking about was written by Matt Fraction. Yes. Yes, it was. Thank you. Yes, it was. Thank you. Um, all of it. So, so the, uh, so, so, so original sin kind of comes and goes and, and that's when, um, we find out whether or not. Okay. Um, yeah, it's okay. That's when, it. uh, so Ben's arrested. He's in prison. Everybody in this wing at Rikers Island, the, it's all a bunch of, of bad guys. It, it's man mountain Marco. It's mandrel. It's, it's, it's other bad guys with M's. It's, it's just, there's a whole bunch of, um, <laughs> but they're all, they're all depowered. They're, they're, they're power dampeners set up. And so everybody's on the level playing field. They're all on an even keel as far as, you know, no, no one's really going to beat anybody up too badly. Except Sharon Ventura kind of runs this yard. Oh. So she thing is there. She's the only one who is still powered. So she pops Ben's shoulder out of, out of place just to show him who's boss. She ends up popping it back in place after their conversation's over. But, um, Ben's looking for answers. She doesn't have any. And, and she's like, honestly, Benji, even if, uh, even if I had them, I, I wouldn't tell you because she's, she's all, she's got the chip on her shoulder. Because, uh, which is not a punk, she's a rock, but she, she's, she's got the, um, she's pissed off at Ben for not coming around to check on her. She's pissed off at Wyatt for not checking on her. The reason why she's in prison is because after she went back to the wrestling federation, it turns out that on their tours, they were also trafficking drugs. And, and so <laughs> she got pinched and now she's. That's <laughs> awesome. So, um, so I was like, well, that's pretty neat. Um, that is fun. But while Wyatt is trying to get to the bottom of things, he's uh he's talking to She-Hulk and they're working on a plan because Wyatt because while Johnny doesn't have his powers, he's being a complete and total dick. Not not speaking to his family. He's just surrounding himself by people who who love the celebrity of whatever celebrity he has left. His his rock tour, his career, his mu- music career is, is done because even though like you anybody Anybody can see any blonde haired, blue eyed guitar player, but you know, his thing was that you could come flying in beyond fire and that's, you know, that's part of the show. And, uh, but now you're not that. So we're not, we're not using you anymore. Your contract's done. You're not. So, so now he's all bummed, all butthurt about everything. So Wyatt is trying to talk to him. Johnny don't want to hear it while Wyatt is, uh, He's, he's, he's doing his investigation. Some dude dressed like a Hawkeye, not any Hawkeye we know, starts shooting arrows at him. Um, which again, we find out is from the heroes reborn universe. Now, Reed, Reed and Sue, because they're kicked out of the Baxter building, they, they, Reed decides to take a job from, um, at this place, uh, like New Eden. So he's, he's going to live on this, this, the self-sustaining island. He's going to be like one of the head scientists at this place. 
so after they get there and situated, the um, that's when Sue decides to go to Latveria and face Doom. Now, Val <laughs> went to go live with Uncle Victor. She 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 wrote a letter to her parents. This was at the beginning of the first issue, which is why Val was not really in in the series much until the end. Uh, she basically wrote a letter to her mom and dad saying that um, y'all got y'all got to work your shit out. Um, dad's lying to me. You're sticking up for him, and I can't I can't deal. And now I did not know she's only three years old. I don't know. What? I don't know how old she's supposed to be during three <laughs> during Secret Wars. But everybody keeps saying she's three years old during this Robinson run. I better get with those pictures off my hard drive. So, but I'm, and now I'm thinking about how, um, Olivetti used to draw baby hope. Cause I'm like, that's weird, but it's, it's, no, so I don't want to I mean, okay. Maybe if she ages at, a, at an accelerated or just a strange rate, she don't look three. No, no. She don't, she looks about like 13, 14. Oh, in Secret Wars? Yeah. 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 yeah she's like 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Um, so, so she wants, so Val and Dr. Doom are trying to make the world a better place. She's, she's trying to teach Doom to be more altruistic, more, uh, you know, do things for the benefit of the planet. Don't, don't be, you know, such a tyrannical overlord. I mean, you know, the people love him at home, but, you know, we can, we can bring water to, to, to people who need it, we can we can grow crops where people need it, and and they're they're doing that. She is she's helping him basically be a better person, and and he is going along with that for a while. Uh, but when she finally decides, I gotta go, I'm going home. You know, like after the fight she that Sue has with with Doom, she realizes that mommy's sick, that um, the parents her her parents are sad. They all need each other. So she's gonna go. And, and Doom's like, well, I always told you you could go whenever you want. So. It's alright. You can go. It's okay. And he's like, and, and he's like, he's like, I was, I, I, I was her, her whole happy go lucky attitude was getting a little tiresome for my man. So he, he was like, and, and I would have, it would have been difficult to keep my overall plan hidden from her. As time went on and, and he says, because even though she thinks we're, we're trying to make the world a better place, basically I'm trying to make it so that I'll, the world will be mine. He says, actually though, more specifically worlds. And then we see a bunch of, of earth. So that I'm guessing is also the, the little wink, nudge, hot nod to, uh, to secret wars. Ben meets a friend in prison. Uh, just, just to speed things up a bit. They, um, they break out of prison. The Fraction Allred Fantastic Four show up. Another version of Frightful Four shows up this time. The wizard brings some of the witches from Salem 7. Uh, you have, um, and then there's one more Frightful Four towards the end of the book. But then when, when we get, when we get to the end, the, uh, the person behind the scenes, the whole reason why this person decided to make the Fantastic Four's lives miserable was because he was in love with Susan Storm way, way, way back when. I can see that. And he, right before he could make his move, Reed Richards comes into her life. Oh, well. 
You're not fast enough, buddy. And he, uh, he, he's, he, it's a pretty interesting idea as far as the, the, this villain goes. Um, I'm, I'm not going to give anything away, but it, it, it was a, it was the, like I said, overall, I, I enjoyed the story. Um, I didn't love everything about it, but there, there were something, there were, there were some nice moments where, um, Namer's taking the kids on a field trip, uh, towards the bottom of the ocean and, and, uh, <laughs> and Sue is with the, she's the chaperone and, and Bentley or somebody asked, um, Franklin if he ever noticed that Namer keeps staring at your mom. And he's like, yeah, no, he's always done it ever since I've known him. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't think anything of it. I, I, and I know, you know, I think mom's aware of it, but it's, you know, nothing. He's just, he's always been that, that kind of guy. Um, but there is one, one panel where, where Reed comes back and, and Sue kisses him and the look on Namer's face is I, I, I got Instagram or something. It's, it's just, he looks all down and, and, and hurt. And it's, it's, it's fantastic. And then I think probably the one thing that really bummed me out about it was that, um, in order to kind of save the day and and bring everything back to normal, uh, they enlist the aid of Sleepwalker. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, art wise, story wise, it it the 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 last issue uh, was a bit of an anthology. Once the main story was done, you had um, you had another uh, Grummet. Palmer story. Uh, there was a, th- this one featuring the thing. Everybody kind of had th- their own little story. You had a, a moment with, uh, Sue and Franklin. Uh, you had a s- few pages with Reed and Val. Um, the human torch ends up seeing somebody that he knew way back when, uh, she's now divorced. So he says, okay, well, we can, um, I'll make dinner. It turns out she's a vegetarian. Uh, so I don't know where that went, but it was, you know, I think that, uh, I did not know about the connection between Wizard and Bentley. Like I said, cause I wasn't, I, I, I didn't finish the Hickman stuff, so I didn't know that, um, there was a, there was a connection between there. Bentley kind of has his finest hour during this run. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, I, I I'm glad I read it unfettered with everything else that's going on in the, and I don't know if I would have loved it waiting for each issue, but I mean to just read a pretty much self-contained fantastic four story that, that does have some connections to, to earlier stories. Um, it was pretty neat. It, it's, I don't know if anything about it would make my top 10 fantastic four stories, but I, I thought as far as recent current post, uh, Hickman, Fantastic Four things. It, it it was pretty good. How long do you think until we get a, another ongoing Fantastic Four? About two years? Yeah, I, I don't think it won't. I, it's it's yeah, maybe because I mean, thing is still around. Um, it's just that uh, Val and her parents kind of just wanted to go do their thing. I I don't. I don't know if it'll be subtle or quiet or if there'll be some big announcement. If they'll show up in the last page of, you know, Deadpool's Avengers or something. I, but I, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think they'll give it a couple of years. 
Yeah, we'll see. Sucks. It it does, but I don't know where they would fit in right now with with, with the focus on they, so many other things. That's the problem. They shouldn't have to. Fit. No, they should. They should. They should be front and center. But anyway, <laughs> God, what's up? Choking on something. There you go, choking on it. <laughs> Chicken. What else do we have to talk about here? More women's. Yeah, I'm. March, uh, March. Listen to me. May fifteenth. I've seen the commercials. <laughs> it looks good. I'm afraid that it may stick too close to the comics. What's this? C- uh, Civil War. That's oh, pretty awesome, it? dude. You're seeing it on May fifteenth. Isn't it out May fifteenth? It's out May sixth. It's, it's out next week. Oh, yeah. I'm not. No, I'm not going next week. It's gonna be awesome. I'm scared. Because oh, no, you, you know, everybody yeah. I know that's seen it said it's amazing. Ron okay. saw it at the premiere. He said we are going to love it. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. If any, I mean, I'm trying to avoid seeing anything more about it. It's it's becoming more and more difficult. I mean, things were kept pretty quiet when it came to The Force Awakens. There's no such thing about that with this movie. And any any time I fire up anything in the morning when I get up, that's, you know, I'm I'm looking at GIFs or another headline. And it's like, dude, the movie's out in a week. Like, just give us a couple of days so that we can at least... I, it's, I know there's still, there, there's still going to be some surprises and, and things you won't expect, but just... Let's play out. It, it, it's a, we don't have to see every little cute moment before we actually get to the theater. It's it's going to be. This is not a movie that needs it either. It's not like oh, just in case you you weren't expecting this. It, it's just just it's all right. It, let it happen. It's impossible. It is impossible. But I, I, it's not even that I have high hopes for it. I'm. I. I it's gonna. Knock my socks off. I, I have Absolutely, no doubt about yeah. it. It's uh, everything yeah. about it. The um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I doubt I'm going to see it opening night. I don't or preview night, and then I have uh, I have a family gathering on that Saturday. Um, I know Renee wants to see it. I know the minion wants to see it. I, I don't think it's going to be a Star Wars or a, a Dawn of Justice thing where me sneaking out of the house on a Sunday morning to go watch it by myself. So I, I don't know if I'm going to see it opening weekend. I want to. I don't know if it's going to happen. Got to do it. I will be doing it. I think we're seeing Keanu this weekend though. Seeing what? Keanu. Keanu. The cat. Can't peel or whatever. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, Renee, Renee is all about that. That's cool. It looks alright. Silly. Silly's yeah, good. It is. It is. Yeah, she, she needs silly. So that's, that's definitely. You silly ass. Hey, everybody. What do we got? Let's look at the time. I don't even know what time it is. Oh boy. Remember, we had a little break there in the middle. Yeah, but it wasn't... Oh, that's true. Well, you aren't talking much, so I'm just going to end it right now. No, dude. Because you need, you need to talk more. Nah, here you go. Uh, I got some more, <laughs> more shout-outs for the women's. We talked we talked about the Black Widow, but 
But I got two mm. other Marvel women, uh, two two other Marvel books that uh, feature prominent women in the lead that are cool. kicking ass and taking names. I can see Vince is thrilled. <laughs> I was just like, all right, here he goes. Oh, damn, Jesus. Damn. What do you got? You're fucking hard act, dude. I'm not. What do you got? Uh, Spider Woman number four and five. I knew it. By our man Dennis Hopeless and his amazing art partner, Mr. Rodriguez. Um, recall that this is the last two issues of the first arc where uh, Jess is pregnant and she is at a galactic hospital that uh, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, tried to get her to go check, go, go see. And when she's at the hospital, it gets taken over by some scrolls who are looking to capture and bring back home a rogue teenage scroll prince. So, uh, Jess has got like, basically she's in all sorts of way. Cause she's, she's very close to having to, to giving birth. She's not supposed to use her powers cause it could upset the pregnancy, but these scrolls are wrecking havoc. And so she's got really no choice. Um, but to intervene and just as I talked about the first three issues, this is a freaking awesome book. And Rodriguez on art is just crushing it. I mean, his layouts, the energy of his and the creativity of his pages is just off the charts. It's so thoughtful, so unique. He has fun with panel, with borders with structure, with, uh, I mean, he does just, it's just incredible the decisions he makes to, to use the page in a way that so few artists seem to be willing to do, which is just, let's remember that like one of the cool things about comics is it can be things that no other medium we could see in another medium. Um, and the book is just, I, I don't know, it just, it hits every button for me. Hopeless has got, He's crafted this great set of characters. It's very funny. Um, her, she's her best friend and, uh, is, is Ben Urich. Uh, they work together as private investigators. They've got, uh, the porcupine who is now a street vigilante that she's trained. And he also happens, as it turns out, to be an amazing nanny. So he ends up becoming her nanny. Um, so it's just, it's just wonderful. The, the fourth issue, uh, is where basically the culmination of the scroll invasion of the hospital. She uh, just handles her business and gives birth uh, to a beautiful, healthy baby boy. And then in the fifth issue, she's back at home, and the opening third of that book is just such... I don't know that I've ever seen anything like it in comics before. It's her going through the machinations of being a mom and how hard it is. And it's just hysterical. I mean, anyone that's you know had a kid... You know, it's, I don't know how it can't remind you of it's very much a true to life view of, of the, the madness of having a newborn for the first time and how it overwhelms you. Um, it was just so well done. So it makes me wonder if Hopeless just had a kid or something or, or he certainly seems like he's had that experience. And then in the, uh, in the fifth issue, she finally decides to, uh, get out of the house and her, her peeps take her out for a night on the town. You got, uh, She-Hulk, Hellcat, Clint. Captain Marvel and they go out in the town and it's, it's so funny the way they do it. Like they, in each panel that they were doing something different, whether it be doing shots or on the dance floor or at a restaurant or beating up bad guys, each of the, of her buddies, rather than have dialogue, 
they have a little uh, a thought box, uh, thought balloon, and each of under the balloons is like a different thing. So like every time Hellcat is thinking about some type of alcoholic drink, every time Miss Mar uh, Captain Marvel's thinking about something really serious like saving the world, uh, uh, Clint's thinking about hooking up. It's just hysterical. It's so well done and so balanced between action and humor. Um, it's it's one of the best. I, I'll go on to say it's one of the best comic books out on the stands right now. Nice. It's that good. It's very, very good. I mean, it's. I don't know if it's selling well. I don't know the story there, but I really hope that it is getting its due because uh, Hopeless should be writing lots of books. He shouldn't just be writing one or two books because um, he's crushing it on this. So huge, huge thumbs up to Spider Woman. Um, don't know who the father is. They get a little, little bit of a misdirection. They, they. It looked like she was about to confide in Captain Marvel who the dad is, but it was a. It was a, a, a wild goose chase a little bit. Um, and then the other Marvel female I want to shout out is uh, Miss Laura Kinney, a.k.a. the all-new Wolverine. Uh, we talked about the first issue when it came out. Uh, it's written by Tom Taylor um, with uh, art by David Lopez. And in that issue, just as a quick recap, uh, it's right after Wolverine, uh, meaning James Hallett, a.k.a. Logan, is, is dead. Uh, so Laura has decided to take over the mantle. She's got a yellow and blue costume, evocative of, uh, of Wolverine's old Wolverine costume. And she is, uh, still doing her thing. She is, um, still dating the angel from Bendis' run, but the, the, the first class angel, angel from the, yeah, first class angel, thank you. Um, they're in Paris and she stops an assassination attempt. Uh, in Paris by getting, actually she takes the bullet, she gets shot in the head, takes the bullet. Um, but from there we find out that it's all tied up into this group called Alchemax Genetics, which is an evil Roxxon type company that's uh, doing experiments. As it turns out, they've created clones of Laura, clones of clones, that's interesting. Um, and they were trying to recreate her. But what they ended up doing was creating super soldiers because these clones are just women. They, they're not powered. Um, but they've been trained in all sorts of military training and they've been given, um, a, a medical procedure that essentially makes them, uh, immune to feeling of pain. But they're humans, so they can still die and take damage. They just don't feel the pain. Um, and what look like the antagonists end up becoming the protagonists and the sisters, as they're called collectively end up getting taken in under Laura's wing and she decides she needs to protect them. And it, uh, we, we are then for the rest of the arc, um, taken to different parts of the Marvel universe with the idea that, um, the clones are dying. There, there's something about the process that, that, that made them that, that they're, they're dying. And so Laura's trying to call in favors to get, uh, to get them help. So they go to see Dr. Strange and there's some awesome stuff going on in the Sanctum Sanctorum where he's trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, there's a situation where basically he, he figures out that it's nothing he can do because it's not a magic issue. It's uh, that there's nanites killing the clones. So Laura needs to figure out how to kill the nanites. So what does she do? Any guesses? Don't know. She... <laughs> Wow, she drops a bottle. She, she, she goes to see Mr. Pym and, uh, uh, good old Janet Van Dyne, the wasp, 
helps her shrink down, and they do a little bloodstream uh, nanite attack situation. Uh, my man, the Taskmaster, is up in there as one of the villains. Yeah, I, what's the matter? I now I I still haven't read the Parker Hefte miniseries, but I don't know how I felt about Taskmaster being unmasked. Well, it's not like a fucking lucha, lucha, dude. What's it matter if his mask comes off? The whole, for me, part of his mystery, because it went, I mean, this is back from his origin issue in the Avengers. You never saw his face. So it could have just, it could have been somebody you knew or it could have been just somebody that isn't of any consequence. But it's, for me, I would have preferred his face to stay hidden that's huh. just but it's all right i need i mean i need to give it a second thought but respect i get all that i get all that um so they 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 essentially the the arc ends with a, a quasi ending of the alchemex debacle but we find out some big doings about one of the clones Toward the end of the arc, and it's the young innocent one named Gabby. She's the actual youngest one. She hasn't been aged. she hasn't aged as much as the others, uh, and she's sticking around with Laura, I guess, to be sort of the quasi adopted little sister. But we find out some stuff with her, and then one of the other sisters ends up meeting up with a face in the shadows type of situation, and we find out that there was a person orchestrating all of this um, behind the scenes, and it is someone. That is very, very significant to Lara's past. Mm. So, I gotta give this mad props too. Uh, I don't know what else I've read that Tom Taylor has done, um, but David Lopez has never looked better. Uh, I have to say, there's been times where I haven't been the hugest fan of his work, um, but I think he looks great in this, uh, in as much as I reached out to him because I figured X23 and Taskmaster pages something I should look into, but unfortunately he works 100% digitally these days. <sighs> but either way, uh, I, I, I gotta give this two thumbs up too. I know X-23 is a hard sell for some people because she's female Wolverine and all that, but I think she's been around long enough now where she's definitely her own character. She's not just the rage kitten, she's not just Wolverine with tits, like she's she's her own person, and and this, this series really plays off that because she's trying to both downplay her own legacy, which is to be even more of a cold-blooded killer than Logan was, but also to pay honor, um, to homage, to pay honor, uh, to his legacy, uh, and to try and go against her baser instincts to be a better person. And throughout the first arc, she has taken a vow not to kill. Now, whether she can continue to maintain that, don't know. And certainly she, as far as I can tell, is not following that with another series where they use her, but, but in this, I dig it. I dig that she's trying to, um, be a better person. And it's actually pretty consistent with the Wolverine mythos because Lord knows there are plenty of times when Wolverine's just flat out cold with a killer and doesn't have any compunctions. But there were also parts of his time where he worked very hard at trying not to be a killer and usually ended up failing at it, but, but certainly wrestled with the issue of his baser instincts. So, yeah, man, I gotta say, the ladies are killing it at, uh, at, uh, both Marvel and DC these days. I think a good chunk of my favorite series right now are female-led books. So, um, hats off to, uh, hats off to the, the big two for, for, for getting the, uh, 
forgetting our, our, our the other gender right after a long time of sort of treating them as second class citizens. <laughs> now you got to get some faith in there, and you'll be all right. Right? I, I still don't want my hair when fat, dude. <laughs> Just saying. Supporting uh, character like Etta Candy. All right, I'm with that. Etta Candy. Well, she's in that Wolverine. She's in that Wonder Woman graphic novel. Yes, she's has been in Wonder Woman from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. yeah, long time. There you go. Dap, what you got? Anything? Oh man, um, I could add. To, well, I did um, to keep the Robinson Kirk love going. I uh, read Squadron Supreme number four and five, which again, well, that Jason talked about last week with the whole. Um, well, I think we touched on it, but then Jason Dr. Druid, baby, the, whole, yeah, the whole return. Uh, but the vision number five and six, which wraps up the first arc, uh, of the series written by Tom King, art by, uh, Gabriel Walta, that was basically everything leading that, that happened in the first issue, uh, comes to a head more or less, uh, <laughs> Actions have consequences and, and, uh, Vision has to, Vision is made aware of things that have happened and, uh, the family gets a dog and I'm not sure how I feel about how the, it, it's, it wasn't something I wanted to see, but I understand it in, in, in the context of, of the story going on. Um, I feel bad for, the uh the dog's human, but at least um Vision's family has a dog now, so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out for everybody. But uh Tom's run is halfway over with the sixth issue. Um still not something I'm um really happy about. But uh yeah, people still just don't really trust Vision. In in the sixth issue he actually ran down because he's mentioned a couple of times offhand, uh, as just in, in conversation that he has helped the Avengers save the world 37 times. And, uh, during this questioning that was going on with the police, Vision is thinking about those 37 times and it's like an Ultron, Ultron again. Again with Ultron, so the Ultron was a bunch of them. He mentions Kang a couple of times. He mentions uh, the the Serpent uh, Crown case and um, Master Pandemonium, and, and you know, he just it was while this detective is is trying to get to the bottom of things because whether or not you know if how did this person how did the kid get shot how did the father end up in the hospital uh, if everybody in your house was home. If your children were studying and you were with your wife and, uh, so vision lies to the police. But when he finds out that, you know, he's, he's not mad when he finds out what his wife did. Uh, he's, he's more upset at the fact that had he known he could have protected his family better. He could have prepared a, a better lie basically. Um, but it's, it's, it's a dark book, man. It, it's not 
heavy or I mean it's not it's it's not a very happy go lucky book there. Um although not that he's Vision's called Wish Me Series. I mean, it's not like Vision has had a bunch of stories where at the end he's he's smiling and you know and and, and a puppy's licking his face. There aren't too many any really oh this is the best vision story ever and and uh although there is now with this but it's not it, it's not gonna make you it makes you feel better about your life probably but it's not it's not a comic book where you're like wow that's man that, that's what a hero is that's 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 what i'll be when i grow up but yeah no i think that's uh yeah because if, if if i talk about anything else it, it, it's basically have you guys the, d- dove have you dove in a standoff at all just the first issue, the, 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 that one shot. And I don't know about all, I think I have most of the, um, the tie-ins across the, I don't have the shield issues. I don't have, uh, I have, I think most of the Avengers books, but I don't have every tie-in. So I haven't really tried to read it until I know I have everything that I'm supposed to have for it. Well, I've only read the first issue, which was a wordy as Fuck. That uh, was that was the one where we find out who the hell the Whisperer is. Yeah, yeah, that was a wordy. I mean, and it looked then, good, uh, but it was wordy. And then I read all new, all different Avengers seven and eight because I'm reading that anyway. Uh, and I got to be honest, I think it, I think being stand, st- it's totally derailed the book. I, I, I think the issues are totally consumed by the standoff thing, which I've, I, I personally am finding standoff be insanely boring. Yeah, yeah. it's insanely and, boring. I, I, it's like. Uh, it was oh, cool oh, when G.I. Joe did it in Springfield because, like, that that I didn't see coming, but, like, right. this is, yeah. Um, all all then, to get the new Thunderbolts. What's that? All so that we end up with the new Thunderbolts team. Well, and also, uh, I was going to say the other standoff thing I've read, and I didn't even realize it was a standoff tie-in until I got into the book, was uh, was Sam Wilson Cap 7. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is the the big the big deal about that book is that we get Cap back. Yes. And again, it's pretty much just a, like, let's create a mechanism in a story with someone that's omnipotent enough to just make Steve back to being Steve. So, Steve's back. Young and healthy. Back again. Thanks to a sentient cosmic cube. Well, at least it was nice that they used the cube to do it. Well, they used a little girl who is a sentient evolution of a cosmic cube. Yeah. Named Cubic. Good, good enough for me. But he's back. He's younger than ever, actually. Handsome fellow. So I like Chris Evans now. I wonder if that's cool. A little bit. Hmm. 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 I'm thinking that was intentional. You think? A little bit. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, if you want to get cheap comics, where do you go? Discount comic book service, that's right. Yep, DCV, DCBService.com. Limbo time, the new list is not up, but it will be soon. Rest assured, you're going to get a lot of discounts, and they are going to be plenty deep. So do it. Go there. Look at all the discounts you missed. If you, you, you can see the new list, the, the old list. You'd be like, damn, I should have got up there. DCBService.com. Uh, in your travels, I, I don't have anything. Wow. I don't have any single comic. Crazy. I don't. I read a ton of Valiant. In your comics, read some Valiant. In your comics? What about in your travels? Did I say in your comics? Yeah. 
Bloodshot Reborn, Archer and Armstrong. I got some Ninjak here. I got some Ninjak too. Yes. I'm gonna try to read some Ninjak for next week. Alright, well, uh, I will tell you one book to stay away from and it pains my heart. David knows what I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about the first issue and, and it did have a very promising, interesting start. But having read issues two and three of Ted McKeever's pencil head, yeah. I cannot find very much to get excited about yeah, this book. I, really? I have trouble getting yeah. through the second issue. I haven't gotten very far. It's boring as dirt. Yeah. Is it a standoff fight? The- <laughs> the uh the events in his um artistic and professional life were probably very very important to him at the time in hindsight not that interesting mm. uh, there's a billion and one uh freelancers work for hire people who have encountered all these all the problems he has and more the the fantastic elements of it like the little inky creature that is following him around it's kind of cool but for 3.99 an issue not enough so yes i'm a little bit disappointed in pencil hat i disappoint all right keeping it real you are you are keeping it 100 uh in your travels i read the recent um because I knew that I, I knew that Starve had come back. I just uh, hadn't uh, read it since its return. So I read uh, six, seven, and eight, and I had to go back and reread most of not most towards the end. I had to read the second half of issue five because I mm-hmm. forgot about a stabbing and uh, and and it's uh, it's um it kind of is, is going a little bit of a different direction. I wasn't expecting. It, it, it to go this way and and we we pick up almost right after the events from the fifth issue and um gavin is kind of uh stepping aside so that his daughter can can kind of be the star of of uh of starve and he's going to open up basically a, a kennedy fried chicken or some shit and it's it's just it's as much as I enjoyed the first arc, the first five issues, I, I was kind of expecting it to keep going at, at, at that clip and, and tell that story. But we're going, like I said, in a different direction because now that, uh, now that his daughter, now that Angie is, and he's, and Gavin's trying to, uh, work it out with Greer. She stabbed him and she was in jail for assault charges. Uh, but that seems to, they've moved on past that. And there are some things that look like they're moving slow, but then the whole thing with, with Angie and, and being hired by the network and then going on a talk show and, and, uh, net net is this little bit of a soap opera angle to it. And, and it's just, it's first couple of issues. You, you basically you kind of had some quick little recipes with, with, with some of the dishes that Gavin was making and they're, they're not existent in, uh, in this, this second arc, but, uh, I'll, 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 I'll give it another couple issues because I'm, I am more really curious to see kind of where it's going and where it may end up, but it's, um, it doesn't have the hold on me that it had. 
But still, I mean, it, it looks good. Your mileage may vary. I think that, uh, the, the, the characters are still the same. It's just the, the way they're being moved around the, the board is not, uh, it's not, not grooving me. Yeah. I, I now hmm, it was on my, my top of my regime to catch up on. So now maybe I'll. Well, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, mayhap, mayhap. Uh, in your travels, I'm going to take you to Image Comics for Aloha Hawaiian Dick number one by Mr. B. Clay Moore and Jacob Wyatt. Uh, Clay's Hawaiian Dick has been a creator owned passion project of his for a long time. Uh, it's been a while since we've gotten any new comics uh, of the character, but uh, he's bringing it back for a five-issue limited series, and the timing is not random. Uh, it is currently uh, an NBC television show pilot, and uh, so it's very, at least a decent chance, that it's going to become a, a new TV show. And uh, I guess this is meant to create some awareness for some people that maybe weren't familiar with the character. Um Always been a big fan of, of the work. It's it's crime noir set in Hawaii, as you might imagine, with a, a private eye, kind of like a Magnum PI guy named uh, named Bird. And uh, in in this book, we're actually that book takes place in the fifties. Um, in this book, we start off in the nineteen seventies in the U.S. of A. in Kansas City, which is uh, for those of you that know Clay and his uh, and his art, art partner, you know that shouldn't be surprising because that's where they call home. And a reporter is talking to Bird's brother and asking him to recount an adventure on the record for a story that they're doing. And that's, uh, we're quickly brought back into a time when Bird's brother, uh, comes to Hawaii and, uh, they get into some interactions with one another. So it's, uh, it's a great first issue. The setting is awesome. Um, Wyatt does a great job with the period pieces, the seventies, seeing the seventies color schemes and the graphics and the, the clothing and the wallpaper. It's just, he has a lot of fun visually with the book. And, uh, if you're a fan of, of detective comics, um, they're really, you know, very few things there is that, that are, that are, you know, wine dick is, is right up there. It's, it's definitely clay's uh, sweet spot when it comes to storytelling. So, uh, it was nice to, uh, it was like putting on a very comfortable, pair of jeans that you forgot that you owned and you found in your bottom of your drawer. Aww. So, uh, got four more issues. It's a five issue series. Uh, this issue came out last week and, uh, yeah, pick it up, hook it up. I'll do that. You will not because you hate crime books. I don't hate them. You're not to dislike them. <sighs> All right, Others will pick it up though. Yes. Uh, thank you for being here with us. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, leave us a review at uh, the iTunes thing or somewhere similar. Uh, we appreciate it, and it you know gets the word around, gets us uh, listened to by people who have not. So that's what we want. Um, in your travels, say good night. What if I never said the last word? Would you seriously wait for me, David? <laughs> Good night. <laughs> that was a messy one. It was.
David. Nice. I would. I would. I would just sit here, still attached to my microphone, waiting for. I'd call you. Uh, you can say it yet. I, I'd, I'd text you. No, but you can't talk during it, right? Then it would just be straight isn't, up isn't text. It? It would just, <laughs> you say it yet? You say it yet? Then you'd call me. Say David. Please say it. Would that mean that, 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 that record, the recording <laughs> would never stop? No, we just keep going. Break our streak then. Nah. All right. Bye. Latest. Where'd he go? There he is. <laughs> yes. Falls like leaves from above. Skies are becoming cold. Each side intense.